Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Right, Phil, come on. I'm giving you plenty of time. Five minutes. Great. Brilliant. Thank you, Dave. Shall I pray a long prayer then? <laughs> Yeah, Pray five-minute prayer and then we're done. Yeah, well, that'll do. Father, bless him. Bless us, Lord, as we hear your word, Lord. I pray uh, that you, we will hear your voice, Lord, as Phil speaks with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'll take a bit longer than five minutes. I'll apologise for my hour preach before we start. So you're not, you're not unsuspecting then. And I haven't tricked you in any way. So this morning, I... A couple of weeks ago I was going to speak and I kind of felt God took me to, uh, back to actually where we've been for the last year or so, we've been, uh, sorry, the last six months, seven, eight now, uh, we've been looking at what it is to be true disciples and been using uh, Colossians, preaching through Colossians to see where that, how that affects our lives, how uh, the truth that Paul reveals through uh, to the Colossian church can help us and strengthen us. And I wanted to kind of come back to that a bit, we're going to go back into Colossians, it's taken us Six months to do Colossians 1 and 2, and we're going to give ourselves four-ish months to kind of finish it and do 3 and 4, uh, all being well, who knows, uh, depends how God leads on that one, but uh, I just want to kind of help us a bit this morning, because I want to just think a bit about that, because one of the things that it really Colossians is about is, it's about Christ in us, and us in Christ. Christ in us and us being in Christ. It's two things married together. Don't fully understand it, don't fully get my head around it all, but Christ, as we are called to be in Christ. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, we're called to be in Christ, Christ in us, but also we're called by him. We're called to him, to live with him. And so I just want to look at what that means really for us to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So if you turn to Matthew, and uh, this is at the end of Matthew Chapter 7, Sermon on the Mount, verse 24 says this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, but it did not fall. Because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not undo them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the rock on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and, the gr- and great was the fall of it. So actually we're encouraged to build on the rock Christ Jesus. Christ in us, us in Christ. And so this morning I want to get, kind of get the kids involved a little bit. So I want some young builders. Have we got any young builders? Now we've got one very keen young builder here. I need perhaps one or two more keen builders. And we're going to do some building. I have here a box there and some blocks here of giant Jenga. And I'm going to keep trying to go this way because I'm not on camera anymore. You'll have to switch to that camera. <laughs> so giant Jenga. And we're going to, kids are going to build something while I talk. So... Some of you, I want two, I want kind of four, I've got four, I've got another one I would like to help. Maybe five, yeah, great, you come as well. So we have some blocks here, 
They're going to kind of build off camera a bit, but we'll talk them through it. So those who've got the blocks there, if you'd like to try and build something on that, this is going to represent sand. It's a beanbag, it's not very stable. So two of you would like to have a go, see if you can build some blocks on there. Build whatever you like, build a tower, and then others maybe if you'd like to build, and you can build on here, on the ground, on this ground. It's pretty solid. So I'm sorry, apologise, there may be those who, your children will be on camera, possibly, depends how far out they are. So if you don't want your children to be on camera, please then you'll have to kind of take them back a bit. <coughs> so what does it mean for us to build? They're going to get building, you can't hold it together, <laughs> it's cheating. But what does it mean for us? We are going to build our lives on Jesus. What does that look like for us? And the, the Sermon on the Mount, and he says that Jesus, as I'm reading uh, some commentaries on this, Jesus went and he sat on the rock. He went up a mountain, he sat on the rock, and he taught sitting down. And Marion kind of had this picture of me, sat cross-legged, kind of teaching this morning. So I thought, should I sit on a chair and teach cross-legged? Not sure how comfy that would be, and I'm too, I move around too much, so I'm not sure that's going to work, to be honest. Um, but that's what Jesus did, and he taught. But he started, and he started with the, what we know as the Beatitudes. He started with blessed are. And it's blessed are, and, and there's this number of those that we know from Scripture, and I'll perhaps give you some homework, and you can go back and look at some of those things. But what does blessed mean? In fact, actually, that's where he starts with the blessed are, but he actually taught 19 things in the Sermon on the Mount, 19 subjects he covered. Now, I'm not going to preach all 19 this morning. There's not a chance. I need an hour at least for each one, so I'm not going to do any of that. But I want to just look at these, what it starts. So, blessed comes from the Latin, betus, which also means happy. So, to be truly happy, Jesus saying is, we actually need to build our lives on Him. To build our lives on Jesus, on Christ, on these truths of what He was teaching. And there are many, I just did a quick search through the Bible, and there are many... It's uh, areas in the Bible that says, happy are. There's many verses. Psalms. Happy are those whose God is the Lord. Happy are those who trust in the Lord, in Jeremiah. Happy are those who are peacemakers. Happy are those who are persecuted. That doesn't sound like much fun to me. That not sound like that would make me happy. Would it you? Blessed are those who mourn. Again, mourning is contrary. It doesn't make sense, does it? Actually, happy when you're mourning? That doesn't add up. Some of these don't seem to make sense. Happy are those who die in the Lord. Happy are those who believe without seeing. You know, we have a culture as well. Show me. Well, seeing is believing. But happy are those who... Believe without seeing. Happy are those who fear the Lord. 
And that's not a fear of trepidation and, and move away from actually reverence, a reverent fear, a, a, a recognizing how holy and great he is. Happy are those who find wisdom. These are contrary to what the world teaches us, contrary to what we know, what we've grown up with, the values that we've grown up with in our families. They're very different. What makes you happy? We actually talked about this at the elders' meeting a bit on Friday, and Neil's happy place is where he is right now on his canal boat. Now, I've been on Neil's canal boat, and it wasn't very happy. I was nearly in the drink. It wasn't necessarily a great place, and trying to turn a canal boat round in a very narrow canal is quite a challenge. And I'm quite a good driver, I think. Uh, But that was a challenge. Getting it through a series of 12 locks in one go is a challenge. You know, it didn't actually make me that happy. And then when we actually pulled up at the side and thought, great, we'll moor here, we'll go into the village, we'll get something to eat. Nothing open, not even the pubs, nothing open, nowhere to even get food. I wasn't very happy. But it's Neil's happy place. For some people, their happy place is perhaps out on the hills. We live in a beautiful area out on the countryside, walking, enjoying that. What might be your happy place? Maybe mine would be perhaps, I don't know, cars, playing with cars, I don't know. What would your happy place be? Where would it be? What makes you happy? You see, we look at the external so often, don't we? We look at what's around us, having lots of money, perhaps being secure, family makes us happy. Perhaps our career, our job, lots of things can make us really happy. But actually, it's not true. It doesn't last. It doesn't go on from this life into eternity. It's soon fleeting. It's soon gone. It soon drifts away. And that's why Jesus challenges here what happiness is. Who are blessed? Those who are blessed have a completely different value system. Now, I know Michael's happy place because we talk about it a lot in group, is actually Roger's Cafe having a cooked breakfast. (laughs) And it's probably not right. I I mean, you can't beat a good English breakfast, can you? Come on. I can't get... I I, I struggle with vegetarianism because I don't know. How how do you cope without a bacon butty? Come on. I just don't get it. And I know we can get alternatives these days, but it's not bacon, is it, really? It's just not. It's not can't be can't be bacon see Jesus closes his his whole talk with these words about building on him and he's actually challenging the thinking of the day he's challenging the religious leaders of the day because actually their um, whole thing was about their religious practice and that's what thought would make people happy would make people secure would would be the right thing was to actually base it all about the on the building on their religious activity and actually you can't do that (laughs) that's not quite all built on the sand and it's fallen down again see it just goes to prove the point I don't exactly need to preach, do I? Because it's all been proved visually here. That what you found your life on really matters. You see, we live in a world where people are building their 
their foundations on ideologies and philosophy. They're building on other things. They've taken offense to things. And sometimes we can build our lives around things we've taken offense to. We can build our lives around hurt and pain and discouragement, disappointment. We can build on that. And people, it becomes almost a comfort zone to people. It becomes something they live with and actually you take it away from them and it's like the whole world collapses because they've built on something that isn't secure. And we're encouraged. But there's a, there's a structural civil engineer saying how good that is. Have you been giving them instructions, John? <laughs> the storm hasn't come yet. And the storm is coming. It's definitely going to come. There's going to be a storm. Because life always gives us a storm, doesn't it? We don't get through life without a storm. We don't get through life without being disappointed. We don't get through life without being hurt. We don't get through life without someone mistreating us and abusing us. We don't get through life nice and smoothly and into glory. Because Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. Jesus said it, it's going to happen. Because he tells the truth. We will have trouble. Things will come. So what are you building your life on? Are you building it on Christ Jesus the rock? Because that's where true happiness rests. That's where we find, that's where we find security. That's where we find peace. That's where we find that actually whatever we build on Jesus will last. And if we're building on Jesus, we'll build the right thing. These are amazing, aren't they, these buildings? Doing really well. Reuben, you're destined for a builder. <laughs> you know, God wants us to build well. And I want to encourage us to be those that build well. Ah, my time's just about gone. I want to, be, I want to just encourage you to be those that build well. And if you've taken up offense against God or anyone, you need to just bring it back to God. The Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance because he doesn't want us to carry an offense. I think for me, it's probably one of the most important words that anyone ever gave me, having fun building and knocking down. One of the most important things was don't take an offense. And there's many things, even in church life, I could have easily taken offense at. You know, church isn't perfect, by the way. If you come into church for the first time, you think church is perfect. I'm sorry, it's not. Things happen, church life. Sometimes it hurts. Things go wrong. Not everything's great all the time. We'd like it to be, and it's great when it is, and God's present with us, and he's with us, and he's building his church, and he's building it strong, and he's building it on his foundation, which is absolutely right and great. But sometimes we, because we're who we are, mess up, get it wrong, make mistakes. Things happen. But we've got to build on him. We've got to build secure on him. And trust him. So we've got more than one building going on now. Now then, how are we going to make a storm? How are we going to do that? If we all stand up and jump up and down, will that do it, do you think? Shall we give it a go? You want to stand up, just jump up and down? We haven't finished. I'm afraid you're going to have to finish. Shall we jump up and down? Come on. Let's jump. No, it's not going to do it. No. So can you blow? Can we do some wind? 
Can we blow hard? <laughs> Sarah, well done. <laughs> what about when the flood comes? Can we do a for the flood? Come on, everybody. The flood's coming. And whoa, it's gone. God wants you to be able to stand when the flood comes. He wants you to be able to stand secure and firm in Him. And no matter what trial may come, no matter what difficulty, no matter what illness may come, and even at the end of life, when the end's coming as we've sung this morning, we'll still trust and we'll still be secure and we'll still know if we've built our life on Jesus. Are you building on Him? Or are you building on something else that is not secure, is not safe, and will not see you through life and trust you? Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know happiness right now? Are you happy? content in who you are and who you are in God, who God is for you? Are you happy with him? Are you pleased with him and all that he is? John Piper puts it like, being fully satisfied with with who God is for us in Christ Jesus. Are you fully satisfied with who God is for you in Christ Jesus? He's the representation of the Father, the exact replica of his nature. As Jesus, are you satisfied with him? And are you building on him? And if you're not this morning, maybe you need and you know you're not. You know you've built on other things. You know you've listened to other things. You've adopted other things. You've tried to put other foundations into your life that aren't Jesus, that aren't him. You've not been building on him. I want to encourage you and invite you to come and just acknowledge that before God and repent because it's his kindness. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not harsh. It doesn't come with any big state. It doesn't come in any way to beat us to, into submission in any way. It's his kindness. He draws us in kindness and love to meet him and to encounter him. And I want to just invite you today, if you need to do that, if you've listened to some ideology or building on some philosophy that isn't in Scripture, that isn't biblical, it's time to dig it out and get rid of it. So, Lord, I pray you'll help us right now, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that when we run into your arms, when we come to you, when we build our life on you, Jesus, we find true happiness. Lord, and I want to pray for a happy church. Who doesn't want to belong to a happy church? Lord, I want to pray that we will be a happy church because we're founded and built on Jesus, on the rock Christ Jesus on the one who came and gave himself for us, the one who rescued us from sin, the one who has spoken truth, and the Holy Spirit now comes and reveals truth to us. And Holy Spirit, I invite you to do that right now. To, Lord, just bring your truth into every heart. Well, where there's been lies, where there's been deceit, where there's been uh, putting our belief and, and our trust in something other than you, I pray, God, would you highlight it to us right now that we might just dig it out Throw it off and turn back to you again.
that we would be truly happy. Happy are those whose God is the Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone who has not made you the Lord today. Would you help them? Would you draw them? Would you bring them to yourself? That you would be Lord of their lives. That they would be truly happy with all that Christ is for us. All that he's done for us. All that he's won for us. Building on him. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So just come to us now, Holy Spirit, I pray. Come and meet with us. Come and meet with us, Holy Spirit. Come, draw us after you, I pray, God. Draw us after you. Draw us after you. God, I pray. God, I pray. And I just, I, when I was just preparing this this morning, I just felt God say there is at least someone here and you've taken offence against God something didn't happen the way you thought it should and you've been cross at God angry even and you've taken offence against God maybe I don't know if you're in the room or online but you've taken an offence against God and he would call you back again the only way to deal with an offence against God is to repent of it to acknowledge it ask forgiveness for it and get rid of it and you'll need his help to do it. You may need the help of others to get rid of it. You may need to talk that out because it's become, a, I, I, I see it as a stronghold in someone's life and you need to deal with it. It's become a stronghold and it, and it, and it colours everything that you view and it, it colours every response you make because you've made an offence against God for something he did not do that you thought he should have done. God wants to meet you in that place. And I think there's others and you've listened to some other philosophy and ideology and you've kind of added it onto Jesus. You've added it and I, you find this in, in India, in Indian culture. It's very often those that have been Hindu and following Hindu faith, they come to Jesus and they just add Jesus onto the other gods, or the Hindu gods, and they add Jesus. They don't reject all the Hindu gods very often. And, uh, and they add Jesus on and somehow, but you've had Jesus, but you've added other things on and, uh, that you've listened to, that you've been caught with. And God would say, it's time to repent of that. Come back to the truth of the word of the gospel. That's what the, the Pharisees did that Jesus was addressing and talking to here. The religious leaders that had made this whole thing that uh, wasn't actually based in truth. But they won people to their arguments. And people follow and Jesus just wanted to demolish it. And Jesus wants, just like that house that's come down, built on a, on a beanbag, God wants to demolish the lies and the philosophies and the ideologies. And he wants that you will build on solid foundation, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you need to repent. And I just want to invite you to do that. This is an invitation, an opportunity. So come Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Have your way, I pray. For your glory, I ask. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Our time has gone. Thank you, kids. Let's give the kids a round of applause. Haven't they done well? <laughs> Brilliant job. <laughs> what would you score them, John? What would you score them? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Great morning. God bless you all. If